real hook and just <laughs> we do need a hook all right hi and welcome everybody we are live as you could tell we didn't even pause for a good intro my, my name's casey watkins i'm with sith marketing we have uh, kevin commander adams in chief go ahead kevin <laughs> I'm uh, uh, Kevin Adams with uh, Predictive Online Marketing, and uh, we have uh, Sarah Ciola, sorry, um, yes. yeah, awesome marketer in New Jersey. Uh, yeah, take it away. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. My name's Sarah Ciola uh, is my last name. I'm the paid media director for a marketing agency called PCG Digital. Um, we are based out of New Jersey, um, but we're a fully remote company, so all of our specialists are from all over the country. And our primary focus is third-tier automotive, so car dealerships all across North America. Sweet. So, man, I had a whole thought, and then I started copying and pasting, and then it just <laughs> whooshed right out my head. Um, so, how did you? Uh, so, what got you into? What got you into paid media? Yeah, sure. So um, I went to school for marketing and advertising, and I had a bunch of different internships when I was in college. And I really didn't know what kind of marketing I wanted to do. You know, like I had the basic foundation of it, but I was like, I don't know what industry I want to go into. So my first job right out of school was actually for a realtor uh, with a real estate group. And um, ironically, real estate and automotive are actually pretty similar in the way that you market because of how big of the purchase is and just the nature of the purchase. Um, so then once I started, that was uh, part-time and I was waitressing, um, at night and stuff. And then, um, once I was looking for a full-time job, I just kind of applied one of my friends from, I think grammar school was like, Hey, we have a junior social media specialist position open. I was like, you know, I just want to get my foot in the door. So then when I interviewed for the junior social media specialist position, the, uh, social media manager at the time, who's now the president of the agency, um, Denise, uh, name was Casagrande, now it's Galia Satos. Um, I just remember sitting there and interviewing with her and I was 22 at the time. And I was like, you know, I don't know what I want to do, but I know who I want to be. And I want to be exactly like this woman. So if I can get into this company and I could be under her wing and I could really, you know, work with her and learn everything that I can learn from her, whether it's a short time or a long time, I don't think I'll ever regret that. Um, so I ended up getting the job and just kind of working my way through. Um, then we got to the point of it as an agency where, um, you know, my position, the paid media director, that was never a position at the agency prior. And it was just something that the agency realized they needed. And I kind of said, you know, I think I'm the person for the job. And here I am a year and a half later. Track on. Love that. So um, did you have that thought? Did you catch it? Casey? No, I was, I'd already moved on to another thought. So. <laughs> I was go ahead. Yeah. So I was going to ask so how Yeah. Man, I'm having all sorts of issues <laughs> tonight. Kevin. Oh. oh hold on. I was trying to <laughs> wave her off and like no, no, no. Uh, uh, they they got my dinner finally, and I was like, "If it, uh, it's not going to work, from it, there's my cutoff yeah. time." So. It's going to end up being a mukbang. <laughs> oh, I, I already ate. I just grabbed something else. Or, so how how do you use TikTok in your 
for your business, for your job, business. Wow. So TikTok is kind of a brand new um, advertising platform. Obviously, a lot of people for the automotive industry, for other industries like e-commerce and stuff, um, it's really big and popular. We are actually launching my agency. We're launching TikTok advertising as a service come September. Um, so we piloted with a bunch of our current clients. We found a lot of great success with it. Video centric content as a whole is where the future is going, whether you're, you know, advertising on any social platform or you're just organically present. Um, so us kind of offering that as a service is really pushing the facts, especially for dealers who we work with, like, hey, you need to have somebody in-house who's creating video content. You need to make sure that all of your content that's being pushed on social media is video centric. Um, we even kind of saw that last week or two weeks ago now, I think Meta announced that their uh, new FYP page and their whole feed is going to be much more video centric. And they're starting that with Instagram. Um, and they want to really mock TikTok because that's who that's the kind of content that people are looking for, especially younger millennials and Generation Z who are very quickly approaching like the new market of people, whether you're buying a house, buying a car, buying a shoe, buying a shirt, like that's going to be the primary consumer and they are swamped with video centric content. And I was actually thinking about it before when I was on my, you know, social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, you know, Snapchat, TikTok, it's so much video. You don't really see single posts. You don't really see just like photos or words, you know, even on LinkedIn, like it's all video content. So that's really going to be the name of the game moving forward. So in terms of TikTok, it was just a very um, natural progression of things at my agency to be like, hey, you know, we offer social media advertising for Facebook and for Instagram, like why not offer it for TikTok and kind of get our foot in the door as one of the first agencies in the industry to do so. So what do you find? Um, how much do you take? um the, like existing video knowledge okay i've got this and then condense that down now you've got you don't have much time to put that you know to capture attention mm -hmm. um, you know what, um, what is, is there a shift in thinking or is it just uh, is it a, like, a little bit different planning so you can uh, i'm guessing you have long form and short form and you're just mixing in, on different platforms yeah so i mean in terms of length like the shorter the better so for a TikTok ad, you know, you really want to keep it to 15 seconds, maybe 30 seconds. But the whole idea behind an ad, especially on TikTok, and this pretty much goes for any social media platform, is that your ad should not look or feel like an ad. And that is really hard for car dealers because the nature of their business is sales and sales incentives, yeah. and they want to sell things. But what dealers have to remember specifically is that you they need to push the humanization of the car buying experience because people don't want to buy cars. They don't want to go to the dealership. They don't want to interact with the car guys. They want to do everything online. So the more that they can interact and engage with their community and humanize the car buying process and say like, hey, we are people just like you, like our sales team is very relatable to you and here's how it is or like videos of the sales team, videos of when you go in there, where are you going to sit when you're getting your oil changed? What does the service department look like? Like all things like that is the kind of content that needs to be pushed. It's not, hey, here's an incentive and here's the sales event for the month. And that's, I guess that's kind of something that's really hard and what we've been pushing as an industry for years and years. But I think now more than ever, the dealers that aren't adopting that and aren't realizing like, hey, 
if we're not pushing this kind of video content, we're falling behind. They're actually now falling behind where a few years ago it was like, this is coming, this is coming. And they were like, well, we don't care because it's not Matt. It doesn't matter. And now it matters. Um, so I think, you know, the natural progression, like I mentioned, of us offering TikTok as a service and just pushing to be organically present on TikTok, like the service that we offer for TikTok, we don't run your organic TikTok. We can't. We're not at the dealership. So really having people in-house that are creating that marketing content is super, super important. So it sounds like I'm just taking a guess that like one of the more difficult, challenging parts of your job is is communicating to the client on, on these kind of shifts uh, and thinking. Is that... Yeah. And it's also, it's difficult because you can say until you're blue in the face, here's what you need to do and here's what's going to work. But they're ultimately reliable for creating that content, especially video content. And if they're not doing it, you still have to give them the service that they're paying for, right? You still have to execute their social media advertising. But what's very, you know, complicated and gets, you know, a little bit frustrating is when a dealer doesn't get your best practice, but then they're not happy with the results. I'm like, well, I told you exactly what to do to get the results that you're looking for. And it's just, you know, it's very much a shift in mindset. Yeah. My experience with dealerships is like, it's just Salesforce, like, and, yeah. uh, and, and they want to go out and sell and trying to go wait. A lot of this needs to be taken out of my hands and, and like prep that that's, that's gotta be like, like, what are you talking about? Like, no, just do what I'm, you know, we've, we've got a formula down, but you're like, that formula is not going to work anymore. Like, yeah. how do you, how do you talk about the, uh, you, the classic, uh, your ugly baby problem, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And kind of just emphasizing too, as an agency or as a vendor in the automotive space, like we're not your marketing team, we're an extension of your marketing team. You should still very much have an in-house marketing team. We're not replacing that in-house marketing person. We never will, but we're very much an extension of that. And we're the specialist. So you can be in-house. You're the specialist for the brand. You're the specialist for the content creation. And then we're the specialists that know how to advertise on specific platforms and keep ourselves up to speed on specific platforms. So you can spend your time worrying about building and, um, you know, uplifting your brand. So that is an excellent way to look at it. Uh, I'm sure you do something similar with your work, right? No, most of the time I'm dealing with small enough companies that I'm it. Like they'll okay. still, like I get from some of them, I get photos from the owners of different projects they're doing. So I basically handle all of it. So top to bottom. So it's not, I mean, unless you consider the owners taking pictures of completed jobs, their marketing department, but not, no, for the most part, no. I just personally deal with the paid only. So like um, sometimes I'm working with the, you know, talking to the SEO for an agency and how they're doing stuff. But a lot of times it's like throwing it over the, you know, that's a paid thing or that's, that's not and like trying to direct them in the right direction. Um, yeah, I, I know that I know that, uh, you know, I, I give recommendations on on uh, other areas outside. Um, like I don't do SEO. Right. And yeah. um, 
and I'm not, I'm not going to step into that because I work with a lot of people that contact me. And if I like suddenly were an SEO, you know, like they wouldn't be contacting me. Um, um, but, uh, but my results, they stink if, if everything else isn't taken care of, if, uh, if the website's not right, um, if the SEO is not taken care of, I mean, this is where like Casey comes in, like we've worked on a lot, a lot of stuff together. Like Casey, it's not, can you fix up this form? goes out and fixes it up suddenly like someone's hey whatever you did kevin it's great yeah you're you're welcome a lot of people don't realize how important connective marketing is so you know like paid can't be in silo and then seos in silo and socials in silo and contents in silo it really needs to work as like a well-oiled machine and the people who have all of those things working together, even if they have a different company for every single one of those products, if they're all working together in some regard and saying, this is going to connect to you and I'm going to connect to you and this is all going to come full circle, supersede the results of people who are just doing things in silo or not doing everything, even if it's just in a very small capacity. And I'm sure you see that time and time again. Oh, yeah. You know both of you that you're both kind of working in silo but you still have to reach out to the specific people to get what you need or else you're you're going to look like you're failing but it's not you that's failing it's that the certain pieces aren't connected yeah yeah absolutely i mean you're going to pay for it one way or the other you know, right. that's yeah exactly yeah so how do you um how do you work with the different departments i mean or i guess when you're working with a different department is there uh there's you said there's a plenty of silo, but there's got to, there's a lot of coordination too. Are they, mm-hmm. do you, how do you deal with frictions in those, uh, those interactions? Like they've got a, Hey, we need to do this and we're working on this. Sorry. You're going to have to wait or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so the way that it works at my agency is that when somebody comes on as a full digital client, you get a team of five. So you get an account manager, a paid search specialist, a social media specialist, an SEO specialist and a content specialist. The account manager is the main point of contact between our agency and the client. And then everybody else just kind of works as a team. So we have strategy calls with the account manager. We have monthly calls with the client where we're all on the same call and we're all hearing what each other's doing. So we make sure that it makes sense moving forward and, you know, upcoming strategies. You know, I know exactly what the paid team's doing. I know exactly what kind of content the content team's creating. I know, you know, what issues we're having, you know, with the SEO, if, if we're having any issues. And now me as a social specialist or, you know, vice versa, whichever specialist I am can say, here's how I'm going to connect the dots. Um, so for us, it's very easy because we work, we are the team. Um, but a lot yeah. of our clients also only come on for social or they'll only come on for paid. Uh, we're kind of running into that right now because we're starting to offer vehicle listing ads on Google as a service as part of our uh, paid search packages and a big part of getting those vehicle listing ads set up is that you have to have you know direct access to the google business profile and you have to be able to go in and edit things and change things and grab things so a lot of our paid clients don't have seo with us so now it's a matter of us really working with other seo teams to say hey we need complete access to all your stuff and as you know the three of us are marketers all marketers know that other marketers don't want to give other marketers access to any of their stuff um so it gets a little funky with that but yeah yeah, it, yeah how do you approach casey sorry yeah i was gonna be like yeah i've dealt with enough other agencies that and for like me i'm like if you need access to it and it's gonna better my client and my results right. heck yeah let's go 
but so many of them are like, no, you're not seeing or touching anything. And I'm like, why? We're just trying to better the same client. Right. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, when for that example, like for the vehicle listing ads, we just tell the client like, hey, we can't provide you that service if your SEO vendor cannot 100% agree to give us that access. Um, and that access usually isn't too big of a deal. We also do a lot of digital audits um, and I'm the audit coordinator for the agency as well. So sometimes getting us to get access, even if it's view only access to Google ads, Facebook ads is a total nightmare. People are just so hesitant to do it. Um, but us as an agency, I think if you're doing the right thing and you know your results are good and you know you can back up your strategies, then you should have no problem letting other people see it. That's my opinion. That's a very good opinion. Yes, <laughs> it is. I, I think it makes as, as marketers, like I know as an ad account manager, it makes me feel like the, the feeling of nakedness, right? You're yeah. looking at my, looking you know, at my blemishes back, you know, everyone has like parts that you're like, if I, I wish, you know, there's areas that this could be, you know, improvement, whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, that I, I sent every time I'm talking to a, you know, a marketer that I've never spoken to about like access on something, I know I have to brace for a conversation and figure out how to like communicate. Look, I'm not trying to step into your territory. I just, right. this is it. Um, uh-huh. How do you, do you like, are you like increasingly managing relationships or is it just, trying to go through like let's just get through the like the initial part and then not worry about it after that in terms of our audits or uh more so for our clients um trying to talk to different uh, agencies and, and marketers um so i mean in terms of talking to different agencies and marketers i don't necessarily talk to them in terms of our own client stuff because usually if we have a client like we are their digital vendor Uh, So we're not really ever working with other digital vendors for our clients, but there are some cases where we are. And I think within the automotive industry, especially, you know, with my agency and the owners of the agency have such a big footprint in the automotive industry that we're very respected. So if I go to any other vendor and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm the paid media director. I'm from PCG. I need X, Y and Z. They're much more likely to give it than if we're, you know, if we were a smaller agency that they've never heard of and they they don't know the owner and they don't know the president and they don't you know, come to our events, you know, like we have a face to the name and I think that makes all the difference. Oh, that helps quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I come out of nowhere. I'm talking to like, who, who the heck are you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's my, uh, there's my hurdle. <laughs> um, um, are there things, I mean, uh, that you'd like do to dis to disarm people? Like, are there specific like angles that you do that? Have you found that work? Um, I mean, not so much on my end. That's definitely more of like a sales thing, if anything. Um, but like I said, I, re- we really haven't ran into anybody that is like, you know, total brick wall up, like not willing to like work with us in some capacity to get to like a common ground. Um, has that happened with you at all? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a long-standing practice for some companies that that their entire strategy is to protect everything within an ad account. So they don't want uh, even even read-only access for some people is like no, you're not getting that because yeah. that's that's their protection for being able to continue. Yeah, um, and um, I've I've had it even with analytics. Or like, sorry, I can't. 
some of them are setting them up as individual properties under the same account. Um, so they've just got a weird practice out of the gate, not just as a protection. They just, they can't just hand it over mm -hmm. uh, without hand or they can't, um, they can't just hand over access to the account. They can do a property or whatever, but anyways, um, but, um, yeah, yeah I found a lot of, yeah, from our side, it's more of at least everybody that I've dealt with it. They feel like you're going to come in and swoop in and steal their client, mm -hmm. which is not at all what's going on. Most of the time when, like for me, most of the time when I'm coming in, it's because they want to check and make sure that their people are doing what they say they're doing. And you can run a quick audit, just look over everything and give them the report and move on. Mm -hmm. I, I like, that's why Kevin and I work so well together. Cause we're, I, I can do ads. I've done enough to where I can do them. But I send my stuff to Kevin because he can do it a hundred times better. Right. Yeah. And that's why he stayed out of SEO. Uh, I'm sure he's smart enough to figure out SEO. I'm sure he is. <laughs> but I, it goes in one year and I keep some of it and the rest goes out. So, <laughs> so I don't have the patience. <laughs> it's more of... I It's going to sound horrible. It it comes off more as they're like a scared child and doesn't want to give up their toy. Yeah, right. And it's like, n nobody cares. There's yeah. literally a thousand businesses within rock-throwing distance of my house. <laughs> What's one going to do? So uh -huh. why are you so scared? I think so. for paid search too, paid search for so long and even still has been such like a voodoo thing. Like, you know what paid search is, but nobody really knows what's going on in the back end, except for like, you know, a select few people that actually know how to run Google ads. And then all those people who run Google ads run Google ads in a completely different way. So every time you're talking to somebody or you're looking in some account, it looks completely different. And we really recognize that as an agency within the automotive space is that every everybody was running google ads differently so then as a result everybody was measuring google ads differently so there was no common ground of what's working what's not working because we're not talking apples to apples so what we did uh or what the owner of the company did last summer i think he released it maybe a year and a half ago um is he created a whole foundation for how we run google advertising um, as an agency and not just for our agency, he completely released it for the entire industry to say, this is what the SEM framework for automotive should look like. Here's exactly how you set up your goals and analytics. Here's exactly how you import them. Here's your what your account should look like. You should have a sales account. You should have a service account. You should be importing specific Google Analytics goals into specific accounts. And then you should be optimizing and bidding on them in X, Y, and Z way to get the same results. So when we come to all of these conferences or we're talking to different clients or we're talking to each other as marketers, we're talking the same language and we're not like, well, you're doing it wrong and I'm doing it right, but I'm measuring it this way and you're measuring it that way. So we're not talking the same language. So um, once we kind of established that SEM framework, it was really nice on my end as the director too, because 
before clients even come to us, they've read the research, they've read the white papers, they know exactly how we execute advertising. Um, so there's no secrets. It's full transparency. And it's very nice that now across all of our accounts um, at PCG, regardless of the specialist who's managing the account, it's ran the exact same way. Wow. Yeah. I have, I have never seen... Uh, every account is different that I've looked at. There's just yeah. some, some are, some are like, there's an older style where you could have tons and tons of, uh, of hyper segmented keywords. When I see those, I, I look and I realize they're probably like, they haven't been updated in a while or, mm -hmm. or the person hasn't run them for a while. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't, doesn't, isn't aware of like so many of the changes that have happened. Um, but uniformity, <laughs> that's, um, it's kind of like a brand new thing for paid search, really. I mean, that's really never been done before. So, I mean, we still tweak it all the time because things are changing. Different campaigns become other campaigns, you know, um, yeah. keyword strategies change and develop privacy first features and then Google change and develop. So it's never going to be one thing. It's always going to be ever evolving. But the point was hopefully that not just PCG has to evolve it. The entire industry has to evolve it because ultimately we want to be executing the same thing so how, how are you tracking tiktok ads yeah because um, i get google ads but tiktok ads are like a whole new beast yeah so tiktok when we first started looking into the back end of tiktok and we started piloting tiktok advertising with one of our clients we actually realized that they the, whoever created the back end of tiktok ads basically just took the back end of facebook ads manager and took everything that was a pain in the butt about Facebook ads and made it a little bit better in TikTok. But it's the same thing. Like when you go into it, if you're fluent in running Facebook ads, you will pick up TikTok ads in like 10 minutes. It's, it's very, very similar. So in terms of measuring success on TikTok, you have to install a, um, a TikTok pixel, just like you would install a meta pixel. And then that pixel generates all the data and you choose your objective. And that objective is how you ultimately measure your ads. So whether you want a top funnel, a mid funnel, or a low funnel campaign on TikTok, it's basically the same objectives that Meta offers for Facebook. Um, and that's how you kind of measure the success that way. But it's very, very similar. When our team went in there, we were like, this is like exactly like what Facebook is. I'm like, yeah, they, you know, they saw what was working and was like, why change it? Just yeah. make some tweaks here and there and throw the TikTok logo on it and change the colors and we're good to go. And that's exactly what they did. <laughs> and it's really like it's like why not like why rewrite the script when you know it works yeah yeah the um i guess the uh um they they haven't gotten rid of uh, all of the uh, as much of the pita as uh, as i would expect the uh, you know the pain and the right um there's still some like some of that that's built into uh um, but I haven't done much on TikTok. It's just uh, tinkering around with it, but connecting mm -hmm. things, it's it feels very similar. There's, um, um, yeah, I can see, I can definitely see that. Just yeah. let me just copy this. Okay. <laughs> Another um, thing about TikTok too is it's faster. Um, that's something that I'm really learning quickly, especially now that we're developing it as a service. Is that on you know on Meta and on Google, you can run ads for 30 days at a time. You can't run TikTok ads for 30 days at a time. Right now, it's 14 days at a time is what they recommend. So it's quicker because people are looking for more content because they're constantly on the app looking for content. And TikTok doesn't want you seeing the same stuff all the time. Whereas, like I said, on Facebook and Google, it's a little bit different. And I think 
that small piece of TikTok advertising is really where we're going to see social media advertising go um, in the future is that things are going to be faster. You can't have the same ads up all the time. The, the content's quicker. People are looking for new content. They don't have the attention span. You know, you're on your phone. I'm on TikTok for probably at least an hour a day, probably more like two hours a day, just scrolling, 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 scrolling. And I never see the same TikTok twice ever. The amount of content you have to produce as an advertiser is is going to just blow up in the next year or two compared to what they're used to. So it's really important, like for, you know, whether you have a big business or a small business, you need to make sure that you have somebody creating that content. That's really the key piece to success, I think, for digital advertising right now. Like that's the absolute foundation of it. So I'm just going to say on an average, how many ads are you running? Because I'm assuming like one video is an ad. Are you having like multiple variables in that ad? And I guess um, the bigger so, question is, how the heck do you get a client to create videos for those ads? Yeah, it's tough. So when I was talking to um, Denise today, who runs the agency, I was like, you know, for the sales team, when we start offering TikTok as a service, if the client does not have an organic TikTok up and running yet, and they're not committed to posting two to three, four times a week organically, then we cannot do TikTok advertising for them. They have to have an organic presence or else the advertising is not going to work and they have to really be committed to creating uh, the content that way. Um, so that's what we're recommending now. And I said, you know, if a client comes to us and they're like, well, we're interested in TikTok, we're not doing that. Talk to us in 30 days, follow up with them in 30 days. You have to have this foundation in-house before we can start running advertising for you. And then when we are executing the advertising, what we're doing is we're taking their most engaged with videos and then we're creating dynamic um, creative for it. So right now we have a branding campaign running for one of our clients on TikTok and it's one video, but it's dynamically served in 18 ways. So there's a few different ways that the video is being ran and then the headlines are different and then the ad copy is different. The music's different. So then what we do after that runs for 14 days is we say, OK, out of these 18 different ways that this ad was ran, what was engaged with most X, Y, and Z, this music, this headline, this ad copy, this video. Now, when we make the next video and make the next advertisement, we kind of know what this market is starting to engage with and we just tweak it and fine tune it that way. Um, but even for the creative part, whereas on Meta and Google, you just kind of have, well, Google more so you're kind of more dynamically serving, but on Facebook, you kind of have one graphic or one video and maybe you have multiple versions of the ad, but certainly not 18 for one campaign. That's kind of like the minimum on TikTok. You absolutely need dynamic creative or else it's not going to serve properly. So that kind of just goes back to my point too of how much content people are absorbing and how much you need to push as an advertiser uh, to get what you're looking for. Okay. Um, <laughs> was so that a I was, so this, this, I, I'm sure you're already looking at this. There's got to be innovation coming around, like accelerating the creation of this and assisting because that demand is going to only increase, right? Um, yeah. Are you seeing any automation and tools that are that are starting to like assist in that? There's a lot of different video companies that kind of assist in creating content like that. Um, obviously, it comes at a cost. Um, but I really, really think like just hounding in on this fact that like businesses need in-house content creators and in-house marketing people, regardless of how many vendors, you know, marketing vendors that you have, 
um, in-house content is definitely the way to go. And you can automate it as much as you want, but you still need that person in-house creating that original piece of content for you. And it's all about knowing the brand. You can outsource your content creation, but does that person that you're outsourcing that content creation really know your brand? And when your brand's changing and evolving and when your team's changing and evolving, who's communicating that to that person that's now executing all of your content? It doesn't make sense. You as the marketing specialist in-house needs to kind of almost be the brand specialist and then have everybody else around you kind of working around that. In my opinion, anyway, I think that's what works best. Oh, yeah. Having someone in-house for a company that can create content is like, for me, that's a dream. I'm like, it's a dream. Yeah, it really is. And I think moving forward, it's going to have to start to be kind of the bare minimum more so than a dream, um, because that's what a lot of people say. When I say that to a lot of people, they're like, well, I wish we could hire somebody. And it's like, well, why not? Like, look at how many channels you're being held back on. Look at how much marketing you're being held back on because you don't have that person. Like what? how much is it worth? It's not just worth their salary. Now it's worth all the ROI you're going to receive from your digital marketing because you're creating that content in-house. As an opportunity cost to, right. uh, to not hiring that person. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's an expensive, uh, expensive choice. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, that's some really, really great points. Um, that's one of the, uh, and I've been looking at, uh, at different areas. How many, I mean, how do you adapt with the number of skill sets without needing to just that you that you need without suddenly going oh, we're going to hire a ton of more people we have to have i mean do you like push the existing people on on like hey you're going to have to start learning these or do you are you hiring up more so when we do things like add different pieces to um contracts like for example like for the vehicle listing ads we're kind of just adding that as an add-on for our paid search services we as a team just have internal trainings we keep ourselves up to speed we teach ourselves what we need to teach ourselves and we're able to execute it um and you know we talk to different people in the industry and this and that but we teach ourselves pretty much same thing with TikTok. you know our teams have tomorrow's having a whole uh TikTok training with one of the senior specialists on my team. I apologize. I have, a, I have an intruder. Oh, no. <laughs> she's, uh, she's 20 months. <laughs> um, so I'll be, no, 22 months. All right. I'll be back in just a moment. Oh, shit. We'll mute him. Just keep going. Oh. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you know, anytime that we kind of do any kind of new services, we're the ones teaching ourselves. We do internal trainings. One of our senior specialists, uh, Chloe, on my social team, she really spearheaded the internal TikTok pilot testing. Um, and now she's teaching our entire team tomorrow again exactly how to run them. We're going to create the process together. We're going to create the reporting together. Um, and we kind of just go from there and then execute it for our clients. But yeah, it's very much like I was saying, just very much internal. Uh, we work together just to get the processes down. That's cool. Um I was going to ask how y'all do reporting on this because that I'm assuming it's close to the same way as like reporting for any other paid. Uh, yeah. So we use a third party reporting tool called Swido. Uh, Swido is able to pull in Google metrics, Facebook metrics, and uh, they actually just released TikTok, which is like absolutely divine timing on my end because I was like, damn, I don't know how we're going to do the reporting. And then I got the email. <laughs> Swido is now offering TikTok reporting. I was like, 
thankful to. Like, perfect, perfect. So uh, we use Swido, and it's great. You know, it's very easy to use. It's um, we, They have great customer service. So, uh, but yeah, we're able to pull in all the data from all of our uh, channels that way. Um, are, how are you seeing the uh, the evolution happening in uh, in in shorts like on YouTube um, and uh, and the changes on Reels? I mean, are you is this uh, how quickly is this happening, or they got a while to catch up? I mean, I think people are doing their best. Like how I mentioned earlier, that Meta released that they are going to totally switch their you know whole strategy and their whole feeds to kind of be very similar to TikTok, which is screaming to me like it's you know meta is like a, a gigantic corporation and it has billions of users and TikTok has been around for a fraction of the time but now all of a sudden meta is trying to catch up with TikTok, who is a fraction of the age of meta yeah. and i think that just screams everything that we have to know about how users are consuming data yeah so in in the time that you've, I mean, what what we is uh, how do I form this thought even? Um, I mean, just in the time since you became director of of paid, um, like how much have you seen change in what in your job role? Um, so right when I became the director of paid media with the agency was right when we were seeing the shift of the Apple iOS fourteen update which was kind of, at least for the automotive industry, the big spark of, okay, privacy first is here. This is not something that we have to prepare for. This is something we are actively working with. Um, and, you know, we were one of the first agencies actually to prepare automotive clients for the iOS 14 update in terms of how to prepare your meta advertising. Um, and now we're seeing that with Google, even though Google kind of pushed off the privacy first uh, stuff until next summer, that's where we're heading. So as advertisers, it's super important that we are up to speed on privacy first advancements. And I think that's going to continue. And then we also have to think of privacy first advancements as how users want their data protected on these platforms and who those users are. So now we're seeing, like I mentioned, younger millennials and Generation Z being the primary consumers for a lot of different markets. And they are very, very much in tuned to not having their data shared and protecting their data. So how are advertisers going to combat that? And it's just going to have, it's going to be, you know, different roundabouts. And it's going to really be us as advertisers figuring out ways to get the same results with a lot more uh, limited capabilities on our end. We're also seeing that a lot more with Google machine learning. I've noticed a lot more, and I'm sure you have too, that Google's really moving towards uh, you know, utilizing machine learning performance max campaigns, other than having the advertiser have as much control. And that's really circling back to the data privacy and data protection um, advancements that Meta has already made. TikTok just announced that two weeks ago. Google pushed it back because they're doing everything they can to push it back, but it's inevitable. Um, so, you know, I think in a year or two, we're going to be executing all of this advertising that we're doing on all of these channels in a very different way. And it's going to start to be where marketers are, you know, that your job as a marketer is never going to stop and you're never going to be doing the same thing for a, an expanded period of time. It's always going to be developing. It's going to be developing at an even quicker rate than what it is right now. Yeah, yeah I, I feel that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, um, 
so tell us um, how do you how do you get someone to humanize the service department of an auto of a you know of a dealership? Yeah, so I mean, the first thing is just really putting a face to the name. Like, here's our mechanics, and here's our BBC director, and here is what our service department looks like, and here's where you're going to be sitting, and here's all of our amenities, and this is how you get here, and this is how you schedule your service appointment, and you don't even have to pick up the phone. You can message on Facebook. You can text us. Like, you could do all of these great things all at your convenience. Um, So really just not just saying, like, okay, here's a, you know, a $30 oil change. It's like, well, who's doing your oil change? How do they relate to you? Do they live in your community? Do you know them, you know? What do they look like? Like all of those things are very important in the humanizing of the car buying process, the fixed ops process. Um, and that doesn't just go for auto. That's for, you know, a lot of businesses with those nature of purchases. Realtors do the same thing. You know, the nature of the purchase is just so large. That's the biggest purchase you'll make in your lifetime. You want somebody that you can trust. You want a team that you can trust. Who are you trusting? You're not just going to call a real estate company and say, hey, I'm ready to buy a house. You're calling a specific realtor that you have seen multiple times again, you know, and you know what their face looks like, you know what their team looks like, you know who their name is. That kind of is the same thing for automotive. Wow. That's got to be a, a total change from like the employee that's sitting back, you know, they, you know they, they may talk to customers, but they're, you know, suddenly they're, they're being, they're on camera some, um, mm-hmm. you know, I said, um, man, the, uh, well, Actually, I think that would be uh, the house would be the second most. I, I've got a toilet made of solid gold. I've got I'm preparing. I am. Um, I'm in negotiations. It's, it's, it's a process. <laughs> I think we're down to the flush. You know, the the handle, whatever. <laughs> um, but um, the um, so the um, yeah, man. How, how do you? Golly, that like. I missed the whole uh, answer about the like, you know, the, the changing, like the changing jobs, like and, and, and hiring it. But man, that sounds you're not going to be everything you're doing is going to be like 30 percent, 30 percent or more is going to be different in two years. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a big yeah. part of our job, too, as marketers is just educating ourselves. Like we actually just recently implemented a learning day every month as an agency where we want our specialists to just learn, just look, just read and read updates and watch webinars and go on forums and just learn. Because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, we are looked at as a specialist, but who is teaching the specialists? Somebody has to teach us too. And we need time to do that. You're managing these accounts. You're doing different projects. You're doing webinars. You're doing speaking engagements. When do you have time to learn? And we really sat down and we're like, let's give everybody at least one day a month to really make sure that they are up to speed on their craft. Um, and it has proven to be so successful. I mean, I love it. I just love being And tomorrow is actually the learning day. And I'm just so excited to sit at my computer and just learn and read and kind of take it slow, but make sure that I'm up to speed. So clients are coming to us with updates. We're going to them because that's the worst thing that could happen is that client will be like, well, I saw this. And you're like, I have no idea what that is. You have to really make sure you're up to speed. So, I mean, I think just the whole job as a marketer, regardless of the industry you're in, has just become so, so complex. Um, you know, as you're really wearing multiple hats, it's crazy. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I literally try to hit as many digital conferences as I can, even if I'm not sitting down and attending it for the eight hours straight, just so I can go back and watch videos later. 
because there's so much information, new information coming out all the time. I mean, Google posted something today or yesterday about the helpful content update, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I need to be on top of that. That was today. Today's Thursday. So, yeah, it's supposed to roll out next week, and I'm like, okay, well, now I have documents to read to see what's going on Mm -hmm. and what do I need to tweak and adjust for clients. Right, exactly. You're learning one thing, but then you have to apply it to, you know, as many clients as you have. So it's a big, it takes time. Yeah. 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 I'd have, I'd be sitting around like specialists and not doing the job, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Google my business and, and okay. So I know enough that I can at least talk to a customer about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need to know the, I don't need to know it too deep and it's all change so like wait, what what what's going on i have no idea how does this operate I'm like I, I just need like there's a lot of a lot of little different things that i learned that is just enough that to do my job um mm-hmm. and now it's like if i'm not checking it out i'm like i have no idea i had to like go uh, like uh, i had to go deep dive on to eat or at least for a little bit like you know and and i was like what the heck is this uh joe, joe laracho was talking about it at a um, came to DFW assumed, and I was like, I, I don't even know what eat is. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I love the uh, I love that one day uh, one day a month. Um, how are you guys? How much are you? You know, like, and how are you dealing with um, like hybrid or you know remote? Uh, is there like more and more of that? I mean, I don't I don't want to get you know. Uh, too in the weeds about your you know internal workings but um the uh, company how do you how are you dealing with that yeah so we went fully remote as a company after covid so we're not hybrid we don't go into we have an office space in new jersey that's i mean luckily for, for me like eight minutes up the road but we once we went fully remote as a company we were able to hire so much talent from all over the country which is just it's helped us grow and expand because as you can only imagine like to be a skilled marketer is one thing to be a skilled marketer in the automotive industry is just such a small pool of people. And before we went remote, we were in the office full time. We were hiring from a 30 mile radius in New Jersey. And it's like, how many skilled automotive marketers live in this mile <laughs> radius? Whereas yeah. now we have the whole country to look at. And it's it's been such a blessing for us. to, And we've brought on so many great people that we would have never brought on otherwise. So in that regard, it's been a blessing in terms of my role as a director. It's, I have found it to be a little bit difficult sometimes to manage people virtually. It's hard. And I was saying this to a friend the other day, you know, it's one thing to manage people in an office where you're there with them all day. And, you know, you're not just meeting them for a couple minutes over a screen and you can read their body language and you can, you know, talk to them, not just about work, you can eat lunch with them, or, you know, you can have a coffee with them and learn who they are outside of their work and outside of, you know, the grind of client work and everything. And it's really hard to build relationships with people virtually, and it takes a lot longer. So in that that aspect, it's been a little bit challenging. Um, But it's just kind of learning new ways to really manage people. And I really try to, you know, gain as much knowledge as I can and watch different webinars or even like YouTube it or read different things, you know, how to best manage people virtually. Um, and it's hard. It takes a lot more time. It, it's really hard to get to know people virtually. It's like speed dating online pretty much for like everybody on your team. Like, you know, it takes a lot of time, but 
in terms of hiring, it's been an absolute blessing. So it's really kind of like, you know, 50, 50, I would say. So explosive growth. And so fantastic on that side, but then, yeah. Oh, the, and then not going out for lunch show and, or, or going out for like common, like going out for drinks or dinner, like after work sometimes. So yeah, now you're just, hard. wow. And I'm such a people person. Like, you know, I loved going into the office and meeting people and chatting with people and getting to know people outside of work. And I think that makes work a lot more fun to like go to work and feel like you're kind of working with people who are your friends and who, you know, their interests and, you know, things about them that don't have to do with work. And that just takes a lot more time to learn about somebody when you're only seeing them online for a certain amount of time, which I guess is kind of why social media is a blessing because you can know a lot about somebody by looking at their Instagram and only talking to them a few minutes a day. So that definitely helps. Um, how much I think, do you have a, you know, I, I guess without, a, instead of a question, I, I have this, like, as much as we have all this video, there's just some, I just love sometimes just talking to a person, like yeah. just the audio and I, and just like not trying to visualize anything and just having a conversation because I can hear their voice and intonation a lot. You know, like it, it says something different than if I'm mm -hmm. looking at their faces and that yeah. can, that can, uh, that can throw me off. Right. Like people even are, eye contact too. Like, you know, like you can't really tell if you're looking into somebody's eyes and talk to them on the computer. I can tell in person. I can't like I could be looking at you or I could be looking right next to you and you're not going to really notice the difference. And I think that makes all the difference in communication where like you don't even it's hard to even engage people because you don't know if they're engaged. I can you can think I'm talking to you and I'm engaged with you, but I'm actually looking at a whole other screen and I'm just pretending to be engaged. It's, it's hard and you don't know. Yeah, I had to figure this out. My camera's at the top of my monitor, right? You're down here, and I'm about, like dart my eyes around, like, and I've tried even just staring up there, but that's a bright light. And then uh -huh. you're down here, and yeah, it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it talking is. To, uh, a couple days adjustment. ago, um, Jeremy Vest, he had the camera right in this screen, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. He I don't had know. It. I was like, his video oh. looked amazing. I mean, it because like mine's like right here. I've got monitor here, monitor here, and monitor uh -huh. here. And so it's like, if I look at the camera, I can't actually see you. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. Yeah, if so, I'm yeah. looking, I'm, this is my camera up here. And uh, there's just a light that comes from it. And like, you're down here. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. Kevin, you got any follow-up questions before I go into the random questions? Um, no, I mean, I just, uh, so you're going to be talking about the uh, TikTok at State of Search coming up. Um, yes. So go ahead, just nerd out. Tell me the things you like on it. You know, I don't know, random stuff you've learned. I'm, I'm starting the random questions there, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, right. I'm really excited for the workshop um, to really just talk about like what TikTok is and like how to get started and I don't really want to make it anything too in depth because I think people don't really even know what the platform is or why they should be invested in it. So for me to go super in the weeds on how to execute and measure advertising is a little bit silly. Um, but even not so much just talking about TikTok, but like what does TikTok represent? And we've kind of been touching on this this entire time, like the video centric content, how people consume um, content, who is consuming this content? what kind of marketing plans do you have specific to generation z tiktok is a very 
Generation Z specific marketing strategy? Like what are other what other marketing strategies are you using that are specific to Generation Z? Have you even thought about that? Do you know who Generation Z is? Do you know how they're consuming content? Same thing with younger millennials. I think that's really, really key because now we're starting to see people who are just so stuck on still advertising just on Facebook or, you know, they think that Instagram is like still the latest and greatest thing. And those things aren't going away, but it's social media advertising is so much more than just those two channels now. And, you know, the meta umbrella is one place. And then now we have this extremely gigantic social media platform, TikTok coming into the play. Who's to say another kind of TikTok or another new social channel won't come out in a year or two? And what's that going to look like? And how are you going to prepare? Are you going to wait two years and then decide to look into the platform? Or are you going to learn from your mistakes of not investing yourself in the TikTok platform to say, okay, social media advertising is an entire umbrella of things. It's an entire network. Um, and how you're creating strategies on each platform to connect the dots and what that looks like. So I think you know, the overarching discussion of TikTok, but I'm really, really interested to learn and to talk about Generation Z specific strategies. And if people are even thinking about that for their businesses, because chances are they're not. I, most people I've, I've talked to, they uh, they don't say Gen Z, they just say millennial and it's not everyone young. That's that's the, right. the And they're two to totally different groups of consumers. <laughs> what are, what are, Sorry, Casey. <laughs> I was just gonna say, you gave me warning with... that you were going to start the random questions. If you didn't give me warning, I... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. As somebody with a 17, 18, and 20 year old, it is a totally different person than somebody at the mid 30s, upper 30s that I'm at. Because yeah. I'm like, this is going to sound horrible because they're my kids, but they sleep and just work whenever. And I'm like, dude, the workday starts at like 7 a.m. And the workday ends whenever we go to bed. That's how the workday works. And they're like, oh, man, no. <laughs> yeah, well, it's done. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah. So... Is it too late for this old fellow right here to start a TikTok? Because I have TikTok oh. because I sit here and before this, I was sitting here scrolling it. And yeah, it's addicting. <laughs> yes. So I know I need to do TikTok. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do TikTok. I make TikToks. Follow me on TikTok. They're not the best TikToks, but they're fun. I like making them. I don't dance around by any means, but I um, I do a lot of like uh, fun ones, like of the beach or, you know, a sunset. Like they're super lame. I mean, my sister's 17 and she just totally destroys me every time I make one. She's like, you are a total loser. And I'm like, I'm trying my best. <laughs> we are trying to figure out like, you know. Casey I'm trying to be a content like creator. <laughs> my side gig. But yeah, anybody can do it. It's just for fun, too. Like, people take it so seriously. You do whatever you want. People do whatever they want on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Do whatever you want on TikTok. It's your your channel. Do you, uh, you, know, do you uh, think of, like, starting separate channels so you could have, like, um, you know, like, do themed ones? Or I, I don't know. What, 
what would you do? I, I, get I haven't. I know a lot of people who do like if they have like little small businesses or like a hobby, like a fun hobby or something like that. I don't. I just have my my normal ones, but you could. I need, yeah, I got to start doing them. At least Maybe by my... October when I see you guys next, you can work on just having one TikTok. Or we can make one when we go there. <laughs> yeah, I, we probably may have to make some. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to. I haven't. I've done it. I've. I've looked and uh, and I and I see, I see the innovation that that's happened with TikTok. It's uh, it it you know for me it's like I, I like uh, I like YouTube videos um and I, I have them playing all the time. Like I have to turn it off sometimes so I can actually like okay I'm not I'm not working suddenly I'm you know but I'll have them going just the audio if I'm driving somewhere whatever because I'm like absorbing information but right um if I want to share that information with someone else there's usually only just hey if you can check out this video but it's not the whole video it's those important parts right. and that's what they they boiled it down to is like just give me the nugget that matters um, because that video might have even had five or six nuggets that were like, yeah, that was great. Um, and, and like sometimes sitting down for an hour length video is a little like, oh, am I ready for this? Am I that committed? <laughs> but like man, I can cycle yeah. through 15 minutes and I've learned. As we're making an hour video. <laughs> <laughs> You're blowing up your spot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, total, total anyway, inexperience. Come on, anyway. Kevin. <laughs> that would be a TikTok, right? Just the like yeah. <laughs> the cell phone. <laughs> yeah. I did just follow you, so you at least have one more follower. Oh gee, thanks. Yeah. So now when you get random comments, you'll be like, Oh man, really? I shouldn't have told him that. <laughs> yeah, so okay, so on to the random questions. What is your favorite book? Uh, my favorite book is Verity uh, by Colleen Hoover. You guys okay. definitely haven't read it. It's a total chick book. There's no way. Yeah, because I'm sitting here like, okay, I have never even heard yeah. of that. No way. No, yeah, it's definitely like a girl book, but it's a good book. A lot, a lot of people read it. If you show it to your daughters or your wives or something, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's a really popular book. Okay. Verity, V-E-R-I-T-Y. Huh. That's good. Yeah, that's a new one on me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I learned a little something today right there. Um, do you have a favorite podcast or YouTube channel? Um, I don't. I'm not a big podcaster, but I want to get into them more. Like, you know, walking and listening to a podcast. I need to find one that I like. I really like. There are so many out there. Like, I'm trying to learn more about communities and building communities. Like, yesterday morning, I drove back from Phoenix yesterday. Nice 16-hour drive. So, I sit there and, like, community building. And there was a whole podcast. There's, like, 50 episodes on how to build a community with different guests. Yeah, that's great. And I'm like, okay. And so yeah. there is podcasts on anything you want to learn about. So I would definitely check out podcasts. 
So, and like me, I don't read, so I listen to a lot of books. Mm-hmm. So, um, we'll go with this one since you speak at a lot of conferences. What's your favorite con? Wow, conference to attend. Uh, that's a good question. Probably, um, we used to call it the Automotive Analytics and Attribution Summit, uh, which is in West Palm Beach every year. Now this year, we're renaming it to Modern Retailing Conference in November, but that's probably my favorite one. It's always at a super, super nice place. A lot of great people from the industry go. Um, it's one of our events, which I have a lot of fun, like running around and helping people manage the event and then speaking at the events and you know going out to dinners, and it's a great time. Wait, so you help you help put on the show? Yeah, like if my if PCG or um, the owners of the company put on the event, then yeah, I'm helping doing it all. Whatever wow. I can do to help, I do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Sorry, I got. My dog is lapping water like. He hasn't seen water in four years. Oh my gosh! So the, I, the, uh, I think we had the question. It was, uh, um, um, uh, what was the uh, thing that I? Ah, or I'm drawing the blank. So you could tell we're professionals oh, at this. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was uh, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar and why did you do it? What is that question? What? Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar and why did you do it? Oh, me? Is that the answer? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> oh, why did I steal it? Yeah, why did you steal the cookie? <laughs> I don't know. I've never been asked that question. What's the answer supposed to be? I don't know. It just, it was, we're, we're trying to come up with random questions with someone oh, else. For, not... uh... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, silly ones, and uh, I haven't practiced it before. So. Yeah, <laughs> clearly bombed it. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> You're no longer allowed to ask the random questions. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh my God, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. All right, Sarah. So, if people wanted to find you or learn more about what you do is there an easy way to get a hold of you or i'm assuming uh, yeah linkedin linkedin's the biggest place for me um you'll, if you follow me on linkedin you'll see my face a lot i don't know if that's a good or bad thing but i am always posting um always promoting things i blog a lot so um if you anybody do. wants to find me know anything about me linkedin is the spot all right awesome. i will get that posted in the description too or did i cool yeah i'll post your linkedin in there because awesome. you do you post a lot <laughs> I, I see you more on my linkedin than anybody else so which is good <laughs> yeah we do a lot of um, linkedin promotions and stuff as a company we blog um things like that so lots of good awesome. resources awesome awesome uh, well I guess let's wrap it up there unless you had, no, I'm not even asking you that, Kevin. You don't have anything else to say after that whole cookie <laughs> comment. He's cut Total off. He's done. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. It was great 
have you on and talk to you again, especially after talking with you in person. So awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank Sarah. you. Thanks fantastic for having material. me. I'll see, see you guys in October. <laughs>